0: Oh my gosh, that was something.
1: Okay, I'm recording.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: howdy Lorenzo. Yeah, hello Jake. Uh, well, we have been just with each other for the past hour and 30 minutes because we have been watching- Much longer, I think. Yeah, much longer.
0: (laughs) I, I, I must say, after watching that, I am tired and frustrated and I think that people on both sides of the political aisle would feel the exact same way. Uh, if you missed the debate, there's a lot we want to go over and we don't want to take up too much time. We don't want to, we don't want to give too much of our own opinion, too much of our own analysis. Uh, but we also kind of want to compare what happened here to what we talked about in our last episode with Alan yes. Schroeder. Yes. Those predictions that were made.
1: So I think that, uh, where we kind of talked a lot was Uh, kind of strategy on the last episode about, like, what their strategies were. And so uh, we kind of seen that played out. Uh, I mean, first off, Trump went for the play to try to destabilize Biden. That was his main thing. He would throw wrenches in. And I I think Biden's main thing were trying to pivot conversations to get out of these pitfalls, you know?
0: I think what we talked about with Professor Schroeder in the last episode – uh, I feel like a lot of it really came to fruition in that we saw Joe Biden try and maintain his stable demeanor. He tried to stay in a positive not I wouldn't say positive, but he tried to stay stable. yeah, he whenever Trump said something that was absolutely uh, absurd, instead of getting angry or trying to refute these false accusations that uh, The president kept putting out there he would just laugh and move on to building up his own point which uh seemed like a really important strategy moving this into this debate because how are you supposed to counter uh an argument that's founded mostly on lies and that was the case for most of the conversations they had
1: yeah i mean uh i mean when we look back to like 2016 i think that might have been one of the spots where hillary clinton really failed she tried to Constantly fat-check Donald Trump, but I don't think that's something that's doable without coming off as on the You know just you can't get your point across without if you're focusing on that. So Biden's pivoting was very important. There. Yeah.
0: And I, I, there were some instances where he was posed a question and, and he pivoted to, to get out of answering it more directly. And that's the kind that's a little more frowned upon, but the, the pivoting in response, the reactionary pivoting that he did to Trump was, uh, a, a really useful tool for getting out of some of these slumps that Joe Biden can, can tend to get into. And, Chris Wallace, the host, he wasn't really attempting a fact-check either. Uh, There were a few times when he stepped in and said that uh, Trump was out of line, but it didn't really feel like he was going after these factual inaccuracies that Trump was putting out there a lot of the time.
1: Well, yeah. The commission uh, earlier in the week, I think, had stated that they were not going to have Chris Wallace fact-check. I just think that would have honestly been too Mm painstaking over this debate, seeing it now. I think that was actually a really good play. Some people were cautioned about that. Uh, so, kind of in the first half, uh, what were what were your thoughts? Well, I guess
0: what I mostly like to do is kind of focus on the attitudes that they came into this debate with. Last week, last week when you were talking with Professor Schroeder, uh, we discussed the prediction. And the thing, uh, this is my belief, was that Trump was going to come in gloves off. And I, I think this was uh, an opinion shared or an opinion expressed by Professor Schroeder in that Trump only has one mode. And if he's in a debate, he's going to do what he does best, which is just be a bully. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, he was being very vague. He was doing lots of interrupting. That's what it was. It was just an interruptathon, thon And we were not seeing a reserved President Trump. We were seeing a version of Trump that really harkened back to his primary 2016 performances, where it was insult yeah. after insult after insult. He was saying, though, he was using those nicknames. Uh, or Jeb Bush. Yeah, was like when he was going after Jeb Bush, that's what it felt like. He was... He said China plague in reference to COVID-19. He said Pocahontas earlier. He he, In reference to Elizabeth Warren, he used that terrible Pocahontas term, and he had a lot of really negative, upsetting energy moving um, into the start of the debate, but it felt like it kind of... It began to wear away as we progressed into the later sections of the debate, but right off the bat, very angry, very mean, very harsh, and it felt like an appeal to his more far-right, more radical base, and that might alienate some people.
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, I think uh, Professor Schroeder also briefed on this, but Trump's not trying. I don't think Trump can really gain that many votes. I think he's trying to keep his base you know biden's Mm -hmm. biden the whole point is he's trying to reach out to people kind of in the middle say hey i'm there too come over to this side but trump's trying to just he's taking him down with him pretty much is what he's trying to do here
0: biden was very moderate he was very reserved he didn't sound polarizing and he, he was calm. He felt calm most of the time. When he gets angry, like we've seen in past debates, he tends to falter, he tends to uh, make a little less sense, and he was calm. He felt very, very prepared, and that was a great advantage for Joe Biden. But Trump, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, was trying to throw all of these punches at Joe Biden, trying to destabilize him, trying to move him off of his course but Joe Biden managed to to keep pivoting, keep pivoting.
1: He did go into traditional-style debate prep, like we see normally with most candidates. Well, it's believed Donald Trump did not, probably spoke to a few advisors, but uh, didn't go into the full where you lock the candidate away and just kind of hammer them on these questions. Uh, And so I think that really helped prepare Joe Biden. And this is also one-on-one debates is kind of more so his thing, like we saw in the Democratic primary getting kind of sludgehammered, but this is kind of showing his true colors here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, the the democratic
0: primary debates were really rough for joe biden and when we saw later in the democratic primaries just when it was him and bernie sanders on the stage he was doing a little bit better and i think if we look if we isolate his performance today we see someone who's doing pretty well from the standpoint of a speech it, it felt very good it was careful and it was clear But uh, looking at Joe Biden's delivery on its own kind of neglects from the fact that this was an awful debate. As someone who loves politics, who loves policy, who loves government, who loves strategy, it was devastating and draining to watch
1: this. Yeah, for sure this was a painful thing to watch. I mean, we sat there... uh, looking at the screen, right? We were kind of just, oh, what is happening? That pretty much concludes
0: our discussion of the debate. If you want more uh, analysis of this uh, as the days progress, if you want more fact-checking, I strongly recommend that you check out um, the New York Times' long compiled list of fact-checking uh, there was just too much to cover right now. I have a lot of notes we didn't get to. I know you did too, Jake. But very little specific policy was touched on. And there was a whole lot of name-calling. It's a
1: dark day for debating. Well, uh, I think this was a interesting debate. And I think we had a great conversation here, Lauren. Yeah,
0: thank you so much for talking.
1: And as always, thank you, our listeners, so much for your continued support and for listening. To Pickett. If you'd like to stay up to date at the latest developments here at Pickett uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Pickett podcast. no space, you know the drill. Also if you enjoy the show, make sure to rate the podcast in whatever format you listen and if
0: you like our intro outro music make sure to check out I Means Love on Spotify or wherever you stream music and if you'd like to contact us with any questions or comments you can visit our website at PicketPodcast.com. and we'll see you next time on the Picket Fence with us.